Living Green is brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. My guest today, Ian Mickler, is co-author of a book called Living in Two Worlds, Addressing Humanity's Greatest Challenge. Together with fellow conservationist and environmentalist Ian McCallum, he went on a four-month journey in the footsteps of elephants across six southern African countries, from Namibia, Botswana and Zambia, to Zimbabwe, Mozambique and ending in South Africa. They walked, kayaked and cycled through national parks covering a distance of over 5,000 kilometers. The book is about the insights that emerged from this journey and the questions it raised about how we are protecting the animals that share this world with us. I'm joined now by Ian. Ian, this journey started out as an idea to follow in the tracks of elephants, but it became very much more than that. Um, yes, hi, Glennis, and thank you for, for having me on. 2012 is when we set out on, on this five-month journey. And as you say, originally it was to link all the protected areas and wilderness areas across Southern Africa to get an understanding of the challenges we face, not only as region, but also as a continent to protecting habitat and species. But once we actually had got well into this journey, we realized that these are far greater issues and we cannot look at securing the future of our wildlife and our protected areas without looking at the full spectrum of issues that faces humanity from our political systems, economic systems to health, education, the way we live, our advertising, and the legal setups that function or manage these areas. So, And that's why the book took quite a while to, to be released, because we finished the journey in 2012, and the book's now, what, 10 years later. And, and it was because of that we realized we had to delve into the entire spectrum of issues. And I actually went back to university. I went to Stellenbosch University, the Sustainability Institute, for, for two years to tackle these issues in greater depth. Tell us a bit about the journey and the people that you met along the way. There must be some fascinating and memorable stories. Well, I think uh, central to to all of this is is that you cannot divorce protecting habitat and protecting wildlife from uh, people, the communities that live in and around these places, but also and and those that are are doing the hard yards out in the field. So the researchers, the scientists, educators, and then of course you know the whole gambit of structures that manage these areas and which then takes you into the political spectrum of who's managing them and the mandates they have and how do those come about and the funding so the human side to to protecting and conservation is not only significant it's actually at the end of the day the overriding factor. I know that one of the points that you made was the need for community involvement in conservation but to pick up on what you said about politics you made the point that we need wild animals more than we need them and they shouldn't be constrained by frontiers. The idea of a trans-frontier parks that are sort of communally run, logistically and politically, is this viable? That's a good question because it's a huge mandate and, and uh, many would call it a, a dream. But at the end of the day, if you look at it, we have all these protected areas and most of them are isolated. Yet the, the biggest issue we face when trying to protect the species in there is the fact that habitat is being lost. 
So the concept of transfrontier or corridor conservation is significant in that it says, all right, we're unlikely to be able to create new national parks. We can't create more Krugers or more Itoshas or more Hwangis in Southern Africa. But what we can do is try and link the existing ones through what we refer to as ecological corridors. And so that's the, the concept of corridor conservation. Transfrontier conservation is merely that same concept, but when it crosses international boundaries, transfrontiers. So it's a massive undertaking, and we believe that it's going to be central to securing the future um, of, of our existing protected areas and wildlife. So, um, but it is politically driven, and a lot of the constraints we face are dealing with the different politicians in the different countries. You can imagine the the biggest one, which is the Zambezi Transfrontier Conservation. There's Zimbabwe, there's Namibia, there's Botswana, there's Angola. You know, so all of these countries and their different attitudes and approaches need to be taken into account. Ian, there's so many more points to be made. The land use conflict, hunting versus ecotourism, as you said, the need for community involvement. Sadly, not enough time to fit this really extraordinary book into such a short program. Thanks to Ian Mickler, who together with Ian McCallum have written this thought-provoking book, Living in Two Worlds, Addressing Humanity's Greatest Challenge. It's published by Quick Fox Publishing, and I would recommend it. Till next week, from me, Glynis Crook, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate.